Hi, I'm Ozzy Durok. I am the host of OzBuzz and today I have the privilege of uh, chatting with um, a very well-known gentleman and a friend, uh, John Gilmore. John is the Vice President of Marketing and Development for the fine company Magusta. Welcome, John. Thank you, Ozzy. It's a pleasure to be here. How did you get involved into the real estate world? Because uh, you are into mostly development in your company and you have no gray hair because, you know, <laughs> the, the lengthy period of time it takes to get a development of the ground. So how did you get involved? Well, I do have white hair, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's not quite gray. Well, it started when I was uh, in college, BCIT, in the 70s, and I took the marketing and the real estate option there with the uh, prof being Bert Spruill, you may remember him. Yes, yeah. And uh, then I got uh, involved working with uh, uh, A.E. LePage, it was called at yeah, the time, in yeah, the commercial yeah. uh, business and uh, industrial. Was that uh, with Peter Maddox? Uh, yeah, Peter yeah, Maddox, yeah. yeah. And uh, now Hendrik Zessel has taken yeah. over that. But uh, I was involved in mainly industrial real estate leasing and sales and uh, in 1981 the uh, interest rates hit the roof as, yeah. you, as you may recall and uh, everybody was uh, losing their shirts left and right and I had to get out of the business and earn some money so <laughs> I got out of it for a, a period of time and uh, about 10 years later uh, got back into I had the opportunity to uh, meet uh, some uh, investors uh, from Hong Kong when I, I actually was working at the Vancouver Board of Trade at the time in um, 1988 and uh, they offered me a position with a new development company and because of my experience in, in real estate and management uh, uh, and business uh, yeah. uh, education, I, uh, they hired me as their manager of marketing and research at the time. And so we uh, did a lot of research where to do business and uh, so we uh, had a couple of joint ventures, and uh, one in Vancouver, one in Richmond, and uh, in uh, large multifamily projects. And uh, so the rest uh, is history. So 1988 yes. was uh, auspicious, uh, <laughs> good fortune, <laughs> especially for the Hong Kong Chinese. Yeah, they love that number. <laughs> well, the thing is that uh, this is uh, we are in Vancouver, where we have seen a vast uh, price increases in the last ten years. In, in fact, the company is founded, my guess, I guess, in 1989. Since then, we've seen a doubling and tripling of uh, prices. That's right. And uh, the one tower we had in the downtown south, uh, I believe at the time we were selling, selling it around uh, 200, 220 a square <laughs> foot. And the land prices were around $25 a buildable square yeah. foot. And, and so now in that same neighborhood, it'd probably be... I don't know, $1,500 a square foot, yeah. or maybe in that range. And uh, land prices, of course, in that neighborhood, probably be around uh, six or $600 a square foot yeah. in that neighborhood. Enormous increases and yeah. almost unpredictable. I mean, yeah. I always yeah. been bullish in real estate, but who could have foreseen these dramatic increases, particularly in the last uh, yes. five years? That makes it not easy for you to, to do the projects. So, uh, I mean, you, you had great projects uh, in, in Port Moody, for instance, and while you were building, they kept on going up. Well, that's right. Well, they <coughs> just close right next door to Port Moody uh, in uh, Burquitlam. Uh, uh, we had a, or we still have under construction, a 23-story uh, concrete tower, mixed-use commercial ground floor, about 10,000 square feet. And that sold out in 2016 uh, in about 11 weeks, uh, averaging uh, just under $600 a square foot. Uh, to the consumer on average and now of course in that neighborhood the uh, developers are looking for 
in the high 800s to 900 a square foot. So the the people who bought, whether investor or owner occupy buyers, have done really well. Yeah, mind boggling. I mean, it's the same in Surrey and Langley and all all over the place. But of course, now the market has changed. <clears throat> so, what areas are you focusing on right now uh, for development opportunities, and what areas don't you like? Yeah, well, we're uh, number one most important is to finish off the project that we have in in Coquitlam. But uh, the areas we want to be in in the in uh, the future are uh, primarily transportation oriented. <coughs> neighborhoods uh, close to SkyTrain stations, uh, so people who can afford to buy a home may uh, forego having a car for a period of time. And even though we do are required to build parking spaces, they they may may or may not uh, have a parking space. But yeah, <coughs> transport TOD de transportation oriented development neighborhoods is what we're looking for mostly. Well, it's the millennials. You know, I look at my grandson. You know, he doesn't want a car. I said, how can like how can he breathe not having a car? But he knows where the SkyTrain yeah. is, he knows where he can rent a car. And yeah. I listen to him, he says, I'm renting a car for eight dollars a day and I go to Costco to all my work and I gas included and insurance. Yeah. I think, hmm, yeah. maybe it's not stupid after all, no? It's a new world, right? So yeah. I want to be close to transportation. That's right, and close to work as well. And so the SkyTrain uh, and the transportation helps them to, to be close to work. And, and uh, it's been said before that uh, if you can walk to work or you switch from driving to work uh, to walking to work or uh, a short commute by transit, it's like finding a newfound life, a love in your life. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'd like to have uh, people feeling like that and happy customers. Yeah, and I guess a lot of developers, even through the, throughout the lower mainland, are now uh, building places where you can walk out the front door into a relatively nice environment. Or even businesses, you walk out the door and you have other businesses around you and you create sort of a community feel, not just sort of a cold-hearted tower. Absolutely, and the, uh, the, the community that's outside their front door becomes part of their living room uh, and uh, recreation room and their sh shopping. It's a whole different type of lifestyle and uh, you know, somebody who has a large house in the suburbs may be only able to afford a one or two bedroom condo is small in the, in the downtown area, but because of all the amenities around there, it makes it very livable. Sure, when Concord built uh, down downtown in Falls Creek, for, for a year or two, there was not really that much interest. People would rather go over the bridge and see where the shopping is in my bakery. But now that mm -hmm. you know all the services are there, then it of course took off because of what you say, it's that community feel. Right. You're, you're involved in, uh, in pre-sales and of course uh, there's been a lot of bad press about pre-sales and flipping and all this but I mean tell me a little bit about uh, what is your f experience, um, what was your first pre-sale experience as a well, developer? Well, yeah, the, that we, our first pre-sale experience was in the, the early 90s, about 1993 and four. We had a 296 unit uh, condominium development in uh, Richmond at St. Albans and Blundell and that was a, a th four-story low-rise wood frame building uh, wrapped around a parkade so uh, for that building we needed to do some pre-sales and uh, so we were one of the first projects uh, first developers to do a, a pre-sale uh, in Vancouver and so we rented a warehouse on Number Three Road yeah. and Alderbridge and about t about a ten thousand square foot warehouse and we, developers don't do it like this anymore but uh, we built a one bedroom display suite and a two bedroom display wow. suite yeah. right inside a ten thousand square foot warehouse and then we had um, 
desks and tables and chairs all over for people to sit and sit down with the salespeople. But they got to see the full life size, not just vignettes, but to the full life size uh, units. But although it did turn out to be quite expensive, the uh, the, the lease uh, uh, of the industrial lease was quite expensive, and so we terminated that. Uh, but it did help people event. to make up their mind. Yeah. You know, they could see the colors and the, yep. the, the, the kind of equipment that goes in. You know, so yeah. So that was one of the first in Vancouver. So was how many percent yeah. did you have to have of sales? Was it? I don't recall the percentage uh, at the time, and we, honestly, our, our company has never really had a pre-sale requirement because the uh, financial strength is is. Uh, is good enough to enable us to not have that requirement in the past. Although uh, lately, uh, some of the lenders are tightening up yeah. quite a bit and, and yeah. requiring those pre-sale uh, pre-sales to in order to get the financing. And I'm sure they would like Magusta because you've been in business since 1989. I keep mm -hmm. hearing. I think I wrote about it in Ozbuzz that. Um, a lot of developers may not get the money simply because they have been relatively young in the business. Yes. Uh, the, the banks may be uh, almost discriminating in favor of a, a known a development company that can actually start a project and finish it. That's right. Well, we've heard lately that the tier one uh, borrowers or, or developers are the ones that are going to get priority for financing from lenders, yeah. and so uh, we hope we're still in that uh, in that tier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 Things have been going well, so I believe we are. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it's actually more than uh, since uh, 1989. Uh, the, the company, our head office, is actually in Hong Kong and goes back another uh, 30 odd years prior to that when they uh, started the Hong Kong Macau Hydrofoil. Oh, uh, taking the gamblers from Hong Kong <laughs> over to Macau to gamble and bring them back again. And the company has also uh, got an engineering, uh, a large engineering company in China building a commercial kitchen, stainless steel, dry oh, cleaning equipment, yeah. and a hotel in Beijing. I believe that's one of the a family uh, asset. but. Uh, in Hong Kong, they've, they've had uh, a container transport company and a, a stock brokerage uh, as well. Interesting, so sort of a well-rounded uh, company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very diversified and uh, they've also got office buildings um, you know, in, uh, in downtown Hong Kong. Well, if you have an office building in downtown Hong Kong, you don't need to own <laughs> anything else. <laughs> That's right. I used to work in Taiwan and it's funny you talk about gambling. They mm -hmm. Uh, apparently, I believe on Fridays, the telephone to Hong Kong was so, the telephone lines were so busy that the government decided we can no longer allow them to gamble, <laughs> gamble in there. So then the airplanes got so full to Hong Kong just to gamble in Macau, I guess. So it's <laughs> oh, an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on pre-sales currently? <clears throat> well, they're still required and some uh, <coughs> uh, lenders are uh, requiring as much as as the loan to cover the payback of the loan but it really varies from uh, borrower to borrower uh, what terms the uh, and lender to lender what terms that they feel comfortable with after assessing the risk of that borrower so they may be needing as many as 60 percent could be sign yeah. on the dotted line that's right so if the uh, if the uh, uh, construction loan is 50 million so they'll want to see at least 50 million in sales uh, before they'll uh, before they're comfortable, and they may want to see more than that. In fact, uh, um, sixty because they sixty or seventy percent because they um, they uh, as looking at the risk, they may see some 
potential that some buyers may default and walk away from their deposit or something, you know, yeah. something like that. So they, they really are, the banks are risk averse in that regard. Yeah, and particularly also the head offices are usually in Toronto and, and yeah. uh, as Toronto yeah. speaks and they have to listen out here. Yeah. I also understand that some of the banks look at their own portfolios and if they feel they're overexposed mm -hmm. already, then yeah. they'll make the decision based not on the new developer, but on what, what they have. Yes, that's true. Well, I, I've, I've heard that as well, although we keep going back to our, our same lender, uh, HSBC, because of our long history. We've got about sure. a 50-year history with them, and they know us well, and they uh, keep uh, coming back to us as we do, the, do to them. Well, the interesting thing is, of course, that we made all these headlines on assignments. People buying it two years ago mm -hmm. at, like you said, 600 a foot and then mm -hmm. it got to 800 and they assign it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, your company, you have, you allow assignments? We do allow assignments. Uh, uh, there's an assignment fee. Uh, we were charging a one and a half percent fee until recently the, uh, uh, the, uh, the provincial government came out with a new re requirement that all assignments be registered with the... Uh, yeah with the province and uh, so we've had to increase our assignment fee uh, as a result so that it, because of the uh, higher administration uh, involved with the that's the assignment fee on the full price of the yeah, yeah, yeah. on the full price and that's payable by the the assignor which yeah. is the the purchaser yeah. our, our purchaser who then assigns it to the assignee and so the um, so that assignor has a uh, about a, a three percent uh, assignment fee to pay, and then they, if they have a realtor, then they'll have, be looking at a uh, a realtor commission as well. Sure. As, uh, yeah. And if they're making a profit, they're looking at income tax as well. <laughs> well, the thing is that that's what I thought was so unfair with all the bad headlines, because clearly, if I make a profit, I have to declare it on anything. Right. I sell I sell my car at a hundred thousand dollar profit. I have to declare it, and mm -hmm. if we don't declare it, it's a personal fraudulent illegal right. thing and so what does it have to do with the developer what's it have to do with the yeah. original buyer yeah. I pay 400,000 units and assign it at 600 I have to declare that profit yeah. if they don't do it it's those people that are the problem right? yeah and I, I, I it seems that there must be some people that were were avoiding or evading paying that yeah. capital gains tax and so resulting in the, the provincial government bringing in that requirement yeah well you know we always it's funny when the GST came in and developers had to rat <coughs> right, that's the wrong word, but had to tell, tell the government when they pay the GST to their own suppliers because they avoid they weren't going to yeah, pay the yeah. GST. So government yeah. is, uh, for one thing is for sure, taxes are what they're looking uh, to get, never mind yeah. all the taxes that we have right now in BC with the speculation tax and the foreign buyers right. tax and the school tax. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's really... Uh, it's really hurt the uh, the housing industry. Although with the continued in migration over the next well predicted three hundred fifty thousand to Canada, we're probably gonna, per year we're probably going to get our sixteen percent and uh, per year in in BC. So around fifty or sixty thousand. It will, of course it's going to vary. And so because of that and the low vacancy rate in rental, people are going to need a place to live when they they get here. Initially, they may stay with. Uh, friends or family, uh, but uh, eventually they're going to need to move, you know. Yeah, they either have to rent or buy something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's, uh, I, I honestly believe that this this, uh, this is a, a slowdown for a period of time, who knows how long, but there will be pent up demand and when it, uh, when that, uh, when the timing is right, uh, then they, the market will be back again. 100%. I mean, look, we've been around for a while, mm -hmm. I've been around mm -hmm. for a while, you're not as long as 
I have been around, but <laughs> almost. <laughs> but when you look at, we had an Asian crisis and a Russian flu and a Mexican crisis, and then we had 9/11, uh, and then we had the economic crisis. And each time, people said, "Oh, this is it. It'll never get up again." Right? Particularly, I remember the economic mm -hmm. crisis of 2009. You know, it was over. Right? The world was coming to an end. Yeah. But the reality yeah. was, as Warren Buffett says, you know, when people are <coughs> crying you should be buying right? And whoever bought in 2009 or in the middle of any of those crises they did yeah. well you know, so. yeah exactly and the developers are the same way uh, you know when the when, <laughs> when the market's hot for land for development sites everybody sort of piles on and when it slows down we we tend to pull back but honestly the it's the same thing when uh, when you want to when you're looking for development sites you're in the in the business uh, the time to buy is when the market is down and although land prices for developers don't seem to to drop as much as uh, probably the uh, the sales prices of the uh, end units, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we have to uh, look hard. And uh, as you have have said in the the past, Ozzy, uh, make stink stink bids or stink yeah. offers. <laughs> <laughs> Always leave an offer, right? <laughs> leave an offer on the table. You yeah. never know if they'll come back and take it. Yeah, it's funny. In fact, we used to teach that. We said, you know, you go to a development office in tough times, and the salesman will say, we don't discount. But still, leave an office on the table. It's 460,000, and you can tell whoever's in charge, I would buy it at 390. And the salesman will say, no, forget it. But then the salesman goes to the office meeting next Monday, and the developer says, what was the result? And he says, well, we had this nutcase, he offered 390. Well, give me his number, right? And then he'll try and get me to buy maybe a furniture package because yeah. he doesn't really want to reduce the price, or yeah. a car. We, I mean, we've had, yeah. we had, you know, we have even now we have all sorts of offers. You know, mm -hmm. I'll buy the mortgage for you. Buy. And the point is, the crazy world that we live in in Vancouver. When the market is crazy, with five multiple offers on every house, and mm -hmm. the buyers wrestle each other to the ground in the living room of the seller and pay mm -hmm. fifty thousand more than it's worth, that we consider to be a good market. Rather than now, where the realtor has time. Yeah. The vendor is more um, mm -hmm. amenable to maybe looking at an offer. That's when we are holding back. It's like people like yeah. to buy at the top yeah. and yeah. Uh, get out at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sanity has come back. Uh, honestly, yeah. uh, you know, it was to have those lineups and multiple yeah. bids. It's it's very frustrating for somebody who has has a few dollars to for a down payment and wants to go out and buy something, and they're always getting outbid. And the <laughs> continual price escalations are are. Uh, are really frustrating for, for anybody trying to get into the market. So now is a, actually a good time for, for buyers, obviously. Yeah, and I would echo that. I mean, what we have to remember, as you said, we have the invert migration. We also have 140,000 students that come to Vancouver, and, and I was talking to uh, uh, somebody who should know. He, he figures as many as 60% of those actually will get a visa to stay. You know, so mm -hmm. there's, we have all that in an yeah. area that is uh, bordered by a border on one side, mm -hmm. uh, an ocean on the other and mountains we can't go any further I mm -hmm. mean if you go to Calgary and Edmonton you can go in all directions yeah. your company also developed in Calgary uh, that's right yeah and those students are a big part of the market well back in uh, in the late uh, 90s when we had the leaky condo crisis and yeah. primarily previously we were we were building mostly wood frame projects and when the leaky condo crisis hit and it didn't hit us uh, too badly uh, so uh, a lot of our customers, we've kind of looked at it, the customers have left town and so, and there was an <laughs> outward uh, migration to Calgary and so we kind of joked that we were going after our customers in Calgary now and so we had a uh, three big projects there uh, totaling uh, 521 units, uh, wood frame near Mount Royal uh, University, is what it's called now and 
well, in those days we were, <laughs> again, the prices were so low, we were selling at around $150 a, <laughs> a square foot for the wood frame yeah. condos. And uh, we had the, we went in with the small suite sizes and yeah. we were told by the locals that Calgary wasn't ready for small suites. Well, I tell you those, we sold those units really, really well. And we, on the, in the first phase of that, that large project, we had some suites that were quite large, a two bedroom and den that were about I think it was around 11 or 1200 square feet and they said yeah you gotta have some of those large units yeah. well those are the units that didn't sell yeah and until the very end yeah. and we, we I think we had to discount those ones to, to sell them so uh, the small units uh, that, are, that are you know very efficient uh, floor plans with no wasted corridor hallway space no. they sold really well and uh, so we were quite pleased with that uh, well my real estate company Jura Keys Investment Real TV have a lot of investors and they were looking for return mm -hmm. and so they will buy the smaller unit depending on what the rent they get does it make sense for them and and that's what they're what they're looking for it's a it's an interesting word because it is developer you have to make it work you have to make the numbers work on your performer right and exactly. so what do you build is important yeah so and that's a big part of what we do as developers is look at the numbers and our, our land cost uh, the land costs have been continually escalating and hopefully we've seen the that the end of that for the time being, uh, and we've got uh, construction cost uh, that is uh, uh, been escalating as well. And uh, well, in Coquitlam, we were locked in at two hundred and sixty dollars a square foot uh, hard cost, and now for that same building, it'd probably be both three twenty-five a square foot. Uh, and we were looking in Port Moody. Uh, we had a site under contract there last year and we had to drop it after the election because the, uh, the city council yeah. changed into uh, more anti-development. They didn't want the towers yeah. and, uh, and the density so they were going for low rise and uh, right by the um, uh, SkyTrain station and, yeah. and uh, West Coast Express station. So we just had to walk away from non-refundable deposits and yeah, that's uh, not no fun. And consulting fees and yeah, it was very disappointing because it was a fantastic location. Well, the, the surprising thing to me is we have it seems to be a, a federal government that is trying to cool down the market with stress tests mm -hmm. and whatnot and sort of kill the real estate industry. The provincial government brought in all sorts of taxes and now municipalities. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Surrey uh, election and now the SkyTrain is cancelled, mm -hmm. you know, billions and years, like 10 years in the making, the money in the bank, and mm -hmm. now they're going to start from scratch. When are they go you know, all of these things the council makes, that developers made a decision to buy that piece of land in the expectation something was going to happen. And in White Rock, right. the council, the new council changed the height requirement. And here the developer yeah. had been expecting 20 stories, now he's down to 12. The numbers don't make sense anymore. That's right. And so the land value basically drops in half uh, right away as soon as that the council rezones it for something lower density. So we had to walk away from it. Otherwise, we would have lost money from day one. And so Yeah, sometimes the first loss is, is the best one. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. as I made a speech to the development industry in Surrey for the for the uh, for the Board of Trade uh, yeah. three weeks ago and I said it seems to me the developer is blamed for everything. Mm -hmm. He is the bad boy or the bad girl mm -hmm. and uh, which I think is silly. We, we In the industry we've got to fight more too. Realtor as well. Hey, we're not the problem. I mean we have a very limited amount of properties. In yeah. 35 years we built 3,100 rental units. You know, that's ridiculous. In fact, yeah. before that, the five years before from 35 years ago, we built more than that in mm -hmm. two years. Mm -hmm. And so at the same time, we've had a population explode. 
we built no new units on the rental side and so but the developers are the we are the ones that drive everything up and so that's um it's unfortunate that it's come to that. Mm -hmm. But on the numbers, uh, uh, Neil Crystal, who is the president of Polygon, uh, was talking to UDI and he says, the numbers don't make sense, we won't move forward, right? It sounds exactly. sometimes easier said than done, no? because, uh, you know, are you right on the numbers? Do you have the right sweet mix? It's yeah. quite a gamble. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you were, we were talking about the municipalities as well uh, being the, you know, part of the issue uh, on, on the density thing, but they also are, are uh, charging uh, development cost charges and yeah. density bonus fees. And yeah. uh, for example, in uh, Coquitlam, they're just, uh, I, think they're, I think they're looking at Increasing the DCCs development cost charges by at least by at least fifty percent, uh, or is it I've possibly yeah. double? But it's uh, they're dramatically increasing, and the density bonus fees as well. There, as the market has been rising up, we've uh, our, our cost in Berkutlam was about based on eighty dollars per buildable square foot of land cost, and so now with the market, uh, they would do an appraisal at say one hundred and fifty dollars a buildable. So it would be the density bonusing fees would have been double, uh, or almost double. Yeah. So, the, all those things affect the uh, the pro forma, and you know. So you got the construct land costs, construction costs, municipal costs, uh, interest costs have been going up a little bit uh, mm -hmm. lately. And uh, so, if you left with some uh, bottom line, then you go ahead with the project. And if uh, if you if the if the uh, numbers don't work, then you either drop the site, or if you've got if it's part of your land bank, then you just sit on it until the. Uh, yeah. Uh, until the numbers do work. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, there was a senior appraisal firm in Canada did an assessment on condos on Canby Street, and they found out that the $800,000 condo that they used as an example, 200000 of that was all government cost. Fees, mm -hmm. you know, all of the stuff you just mm -hmm. mentioned. So it could have been, without the government, it would have been 600000 yeah. You know, it's that much difference. 25% yeah. is added. That's the real problem. Yeah, that's right. And and then on top of that, you've got the landowners in that area with land for sale right now, that are, are uh, oh my my neighbor down the street, uh, they sold their house for four <laughs> four million. I should be able to get four million as well. But they don't realize that the density of the zoning or the the, yeah, OC, the OCP uh, the yeah. designation for that land yeah. much much higher density. So yeah. no, they don't. Yeah. They're not going to get that kind of price. Uh, the OCP, the official community plan, uh, you know, the gov I mean, look, governments are not really out to get us, the municipalities aren't, although we sometimes feel that way, but they want to do what they believe is best for mm -hmm. the local area, but quite mm -hmm. often they are over uh, exuberant in terms mm -hmm. of what they want somebody to pay, and the developer mm -hmm. just says, you know what, I'm going to wait. I mean, Polygon said uh, at, the, at the UDI, he also mentioned that this year we haven't really, uh, you know, we, 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 do, we started doing less last year and we're now still mm -hmm. trying to figure out what we're going to do this year. Mm -hmm. Every developer sits back and says, just a minute. In the same time, the government says, we need to build more, we need to build more. Yes. And they make it more and more difficult. Yeah, uh, that's right. And well, I, I don't know how the province of BC is going to do it, but they were hoping to build, uh, I think it was 114,000 rental yeah. units and uh, but they wanted the help of the developer what i thought was really funny let's zap them first and then help us <laughs> that's right who's going to build it i yeah. just we don't know but nobody really can answer that question yeah it's silly i just filled out the speculation tax form not only yeah. did i have to because i own everything with my wife i had to fill it out my wife also has to fill out for the same property yeah. i mean it's ridiculous they're just yeah. trying to 
trying to make life dif difficult for us. Yeah. We got so, that same questionnaire uh, uh, for our proper, property in Coquitlam and uh, the, the uh, speculation tax, they knew, it, it actually somehow, the form had identified uh, that there used to be a house on that property uh, three or four years ago uh, until it was demolished and uh, they still think that house might be there yeah. or is it under construction or renovation at this time? Well, and then there's a bunch of uh, answers that you could check a box and we just don't know which, uh, you know, <laughs> which question to <laughs> check on and, uh, and so we have to talk to our lawyers. So these kind of uh, yeah. uh, complicated taxes that they put out there are really uh, onerous and difficult to uh, yeah, it, it uh, for business to have to constantly deal with. I mean, we bought a pre-sale last year where we, the tenant moved in on December 1. And so the form says, has the tenant lived there at least for three months? Well, no, uh, but I can't write it in there because it's all a form that is a yes, no kind of a form, right? right? So it's kind of silly. So I finally said, yes. I mean, what, what am I going to say? It wasn't, the building wasn't even built yet. Right? Exactly. So, so. Anyways, um, so where do you see sales volumes and prices going this year and next? Well, I think they'll be down. They're definitely going to be down from last year and the year before for sure. Uh, so the, the volumes of sales of, of, uh, of condo, we've seen other developers um, suffering in the, particularly in the suburbs, uh, um, where there, some projects are selling for maybe one or two or three uh, units per month, yeah. where previously they were used to selling 20 or 25 a month. And uh, so definitely the volumes are down. So, you know, well, in the, back in the leaky condo days, we thought that four a month was actually pretty good. But Then we got spoiled. But some of those, I've heard of one project, maybe one a month if they're lucky uh, for a townhouse project uh, in the suburbs. So, um, so some they they would definitely be open for offers. I would I would think at this point or some incentives, um, but, uh, but and, that's and my point. Mm -hmm. if, if you're out mm -hmm. there as a buyer, and forget now any of the speculation. I'm going to make a lot of money in all this. No, mm -hmm. just want to have a roof over your head, bring up your kids, bring up you know have a good environment, maybe close to schools and mm -hmm. shopping and all those wonderful things that make a life worthwhile living and make it affordable, now is the time to do it. And what yeah. concerns me every time for the last 50 years, we have these books come out with the economic crash, the, 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 crash, mm -hmm. the financial, all of this kind of stuff. And those headline books, those books sell well, by the way, we mm -hmm. live on fear. Mm -hmm. And none of them, they have, oh, they have something in common, all of them. Not ever did it happen, right? So <laughs> yes, we have more problems mm -hmm. now in Europe. Yes, uh, we mm -hmm. have a, a, a Trump that people don't understand. Yes, the, but the point is, when we went into Phoenix, for instance, in 2011, it was the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Phoenix has now recovered to three times the increases. Yeah. Vancouver in 2009, I think one of the companies had a 25% reduction on all condominiums that were for sale. And nine months later, the market changed, you know. So we have confidence is important, and right now, confidence is lacking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to the Vancouver Island this weekend, and uh, uh, you know, I'll be looking around there and uh, seeing what opportunities there are. And uh, I know there's some in the Okanagan as well that uh, worth taking a look at. And, and uh, so even in the Vancouver area, although the prices are still quite high and unaffordable for some, or, and uh, for a lot of people, but uh, <coughs> it's uh, it's worth taking a look now. Uh, well, that's it, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and the people have to realize <coughs> that um, in life you don't get what you deserve; you get what you negotiate. So you mm -hmm. got to make some offers, and you got to learn the three words. So what? Next, I make an offer. He says no. You say thank you very much. Next, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's now that you want to look, right? It's not 
the time when, when a, a multiple offers happen. Now is the time to look and maybe get that deal of a lifetime because mm -hmm. the owner is selling, uh, even a private deal, is he, he must move. And so you get away from people that are just trying to test the market or somebody mm -hmm. really that wants to sell to a buyer that really wants to buy. This is time to do it. Yeah, yeah. crunch the numbers, do the research, do the homework and be ready when the opportunity comes. Well, you know, yeah, I, I know you love sailing and uh, mm -hmm. you like to be on the water and so do I. But you also have another side to you. You have a lot of community volunteering. Uh, uh, what, is it, what is it that you do in, in that area? Well, it started when, in my, when I was in my 20s. Uh, so that would have been in the, uh, in the 80s, 1980s. And uh, I joined the Junior Chamber of Commerce at the time to get involved with the community and personal development and international development and uh, fundraising, all that kind of thing, things we did. But, uh, and then uh, during the family times, I was uh, involved in uh, ski, cross-country ski coaching and soccer coaching. Mm. And then um, I wanted to become more involved in the community uh, aspect and became involved with the uh, Lynn Valley Community Association in North Vancouver, uh, where I currently live. And uh, now I'm, uh, I've, give, I've given that up, but still involved in the community, and, but currently president of the Museum Society in North Vancouver. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah so we're, we're building a new museum at the bottom of Lonsdale, just across from Lonsdale Quay, on the ground floor of a polygon building, actually. And, uh, 16 and what's, what's the focus of the museum? It's a history museum okay. of uh, North Vancouver history, uh, all of the waterfront and the mountaineering, the logging mm -hmm. and shipbuilding and, and so forth. The First Nations is a big, big uh, part of it as well. And so we're getting, we've got a 16,000 square foot space in the uh, ground floor of that building. And uh, uh, it's going to have a streetcar right in the front corner. Oh, so they, yeah. Vancouver used to, is a streetcar city. And that's mm -hmm. why the uh, streets are all interconnected yeah. on a grid yeah. as the streetcars used to go down. And uh, uh, so they're one, one of the few remaining streetcars was uh, saved in North Vancouver and it's been under Burdett Stadium at Mahan Park for the last 20 years in a partial repair and it's getting finished up right now and in a few months it's going to get moved into the space and then uh, sealed up with the, when the windows go in and uh, the, the floor is all reinforced so it won't go through the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah and so we're uh, we've got funding from the, per the federal government to the municipal government and so we're doing a fundraising for uh, two and a half million uh, right now, and uh, so we're, we've uh, raised about seven hundred fifty thousand so far. So a bit more to go. Uh, so a bit of a plug if anybody's <laughs> out there listening. <laughs> but you know, John, it's true though. You have to have the volunteers. So first of all, it's a gleam in somebody's eye, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got to go after the government and try and get it started and find That's a right. location. And it's all done through volunteering. I have mm -hmm. a, a house in a small community called Kimberley. I'm always amazed at what. A bunch of mm -hmm. dedicated, hardworking, and visionaries right. can really raise and, and create. You know, uh, they build a tunnel through a mountain uh, and put a railway through it. I mean, it's, you know, a small one. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea is uh, what people like you do is really very, very worthwhile and needed. Mm -hmm. You know, in, the, mm -hmm. in this age. And it wouldn't have happened without the arrangement with Polygon. Uh, they have. Uh, they actually got extra density, extra height on their building, uh, moving it up. I think from six or seven stories to 13 and uh, they so they got the extra density to help pay for that that uh, ground floor commercial space which is probably worth about 10 million dollars which they they yeah. gave to the uh, the, wow. the community yeah. uh, for this museum and so we're uh, pretty excited about that yeah no question but again somebody had to go and ask them will you do this exactly. right that's <laughs> exactly. usually left up to the volunteers yeah. Well, look, John, thank you so much for coming in and sharing us this exciting world of development and pre-sales and 
and I know that Magasta is a very fine company that uh, you have, do you have anything for sale now so nothing for sale so completely sold out so this is not a sales yeah. thing but you should uh, mm -hmm. any listener should google Magasta and uh, come up with your next project and, and uh, buy one of those fine condos I know that you and I believe in it so much we're buying uh, we're drinking our own milk because I know I, bu I buy lots of pre-sale <laughs> condos yeah. and so do you exactly yeah <laughs> it's been good the last couple of years yeah. <laughs> So thank you very much. Thanks again, Ozzy. I really enjoyed it. It's been fun. Same here.